scandal has burned off this story for us for a number of reasons, many of which I'm glad about. When we talk about Mary's pregnancy, we do so from a particular vantage point, a place in history when we have room to be more understanding, a social location maybe from which we decline to judge people who are pregnant but not married. <clears throat> One day when I was in high school, my mom came to pick me up late as she often was. I was mad when I got in the car, but she was upset too, distraught and tightly wound. And as we got in front of the Allendale Shopping Center close to home, in a fit, she pounded her hand on the dashboard and hollered a bad, but not that bad, swear word, which was a real departure for my mother at that point. She was so mad, so worked up, and so was I. And in my prissy little way, I said, you can't imagine how many times I felt like saying that on this car ride. And then a half mile later, we were home. We pulled into the driveway that we shared from the church, shared with the church, and mom told me in the big reveal, the reason she was so angry, if I must know, was that Jessica was pregnant. <gasps> Jessica, the pretty daughter of our congregation, 16 or 17. Jessica, the daughter of my mom's best friend and my Sunday school teacher. Jessica, who'd been our babysitter a few years before. Jessica was pregnant. I went upstairs to my high school bedroom and cried. I didn't turn the lights on. It's hard to believe, but I remember crying on the floor of my bedroom in some kind of agony. That had to do with the sexual mores of my community, my family. It was a huge source of grief and I guess shame, but I can't even access any of it anymore. I can barely remember it. 1990s evangelicalism is not like Judaism or what would become Judaism in first century Palestine. But to remember the grief, the confusion, I don't know, the mix of feelings in our little church does help me get at some of what is lost to me otherwise. The shame that we allude to in this story in sort of an intellectual way, what it might have done to relationships in the family, in the larger community. This memory crying in my bedroom in the growing dusk helps me get at maybe a little tiny bit of it. So it is no wonder that Mary headed to her relatives, Elizabeth's, in haste. Even the most well-meaning people, I mean, my mother loved Jessica. Even the most well-meaning people with their grief and feelings and projecting shame and making the story about them, it's too much. So Mary fled and headed to a Judea, Judean town where her relative Elizabeth and Zachariah lived. And what she found there was an altogether different scene. As she went through the door, close enough maybe that she didn't have to knock or wait for an invitation in, as she went through the door, she called out her greeting. 
And at the sound of Mary's voice, Elizabeth rejoiced with her whole body. The baby she was carrying, a fetal John the Baptist, it's very hard not to picture him in a very tiny camel's hair shirt. The fetal John the Baptist kicked, her stomach bounced maybe in one of those crazy moments where you can see on the outside, the prophet's foot moved across her belly as he turned a somersault. And Elizabeth called out in return in a loud voice, her outside voice, blessed are you among women. And she kept going, blessed are you, and blessed is the one you carry, and blessed is the one who believes the word of God. It is all a far cry from weeping in the growing dusk. On this Gaudete Sunday, I'm not sure, I don't, I don't think Elizabeth is responding to some kind of invitation to rejoice, some kind of mandate Instead, I think her joy kind of poured out of her. Elizabeth, who had wanted for so long to have a child. Elizabeth, the story tells us, who maybe if we squint, we can see dealing with her own shame and isolation. Elizabeth wasn't choosing joy in the midst of trouble. Joy has welled up in her. And then adding to her own joy at the sound of Mary's voice, she knows somehow, somehow that Mary's pregnancy is also a blessing. It may be in fact that Elizabeth's uncontainable joy invites Mary's own. Because while Mary by this point in the story has met the angel, and heard the news and is about three months pregnant, so she knows it's really happening. While Mary has already said, here I am, a servant of God, may it be with me as you have said. This moment in Elizabeth's house is the first time we get a sense that Mary also feels joy, whatever other people are feeling for her. Shame, anger, confusion. It's after she hears Elizabeth in her outside voice, greeting her, calling her blessed, that Mary herself breaks into her song. My soul magnifies God. My spirit rejoices in God. 2020 in a progressive church is not like 1990s evangelicalism. Our scandals have different flavors. Our griefs are not the same. But as individuals, we certainly know shame. We certainly know isolation, each for our own reasons. In this year, this year in particular, Gaudete Sunday, Rejoice Sunday, comes in a particular flavor. Rejoice. Now, but every year, the invitation to rejoice strikes someone as arriving at just the wrong time. Rejoice? Now? In these circumstances? How am I supposed to rejoice now? And it's true that for some of us, it may not be possible to rejoice right now. But good news 
is that among us, there are those for whom joy even now is inescapable. Those of us who have our attention drawn to some lovely thing, some beautiful thing, or those of us who can feel joy bumping up against us from the inside out somehow. There have been times and voices in my life that have said, not now. Now is no time for joy, but I don't believe it. I don't believe there is ever a now that couldn't benefit from some joy. And your joy, your joy may be the very thing that allows or invites someone else's. Here at the end of this impossibly difficult year are just a handful of reasons that I am rejoicing. On Wednesday night on Zoom, 15 of us gathered, 11 people who are not members of Bethany, all of whom, all of those 11 people we met this year during a pandemic. The old work that we have been about for a long time as a church, filling those stockings for the night ministry, stockings sewn by Ruth and filled by you and stuffed by John, new to Bethany, delivered by John, new to Bethany. I am rejoicing. Old work done by new and familiar hands. New work that we voted on last Sunday to give away so much money for housing in Chicago and beyond. New work. I have been working all week on our Christmas service for next week at the drive-in, not here at 1030 on Zoom. And I have been immersed in pictures of faces I know and love, faces that are new to me. Your voices singing, your voices reading the old story, our children in costumes telling the story. Again, I am rejoicing. I work with Bethany Cooper and Vince Amlin in this beautiful building. I am rejoicing. We have a council that is functioning and healthy and capable and full of people who care about this place. We have a congregation of people who get on Zoom week in and week out for the weirdest church in the weirdest year, pray God of our lives. I am rejoicing. Those are the reasons from this week alone. There is no now that cannot benefit from some joy. If it is welling up in you, let it out. If you feel none, know that we feel it for you and hold out hope alongside you. Friends, gaudete. Friends, rejoice. <laughs>